Okay, so I have a lot to talk about. This is going to be one of those exploratory uh, episodes. What I'm going to talk about, I have, a, I have a vague idea. I have an idea of the thread, but I'm not exactly sure how to go about it or what my thoughts are on it. Hence this episode. This is an exploratory episode. It's one of those episodes that I'm sure a lot will come out in the wash. It's encapsulated well in a number of quotes that I am in the habit of rhyming off. So I'm just going to rhyme them off here to begin. Greatness isn't an act but a habit. We are what we repeatedly do. The best indicator of future performance is past performance. And how you do anything is how you do everything. So those four or so sayings or proverbs or quotes essentially mean the same thing in relation to this particular episode. But I want to name a couple of the other things that are going to be component parts of this episode. The first one up then is things that aren't real. I've spoken about this before. Things that aren't, that don't exist scientifically. So, sorry, things that don't exist scientifically, but not the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot. Things that we actually use on a day-to-day basis, but they don't actually exist. Terms, should I say, that we use on a day-to-day basis. So cold is one. I'm sure you've been cold before, but there's no such thing as cold. Technically speaking, scientifically speaking, literally speaking, cold does not exist. It's not a thing. It's not a property. There is only heat. Now, we call a lack of heat cold. So there's utility in essentially making up a word, which is the opposite of something that does indeed exist and can be measured. A lot of the other things on this list then are strictly from a human perspective. So horizons, sunsets, sunrises, uh, colour and smell. They're all from a human perspective. In relation to the horizon and sunsets and sunrise, that's just purely a perspective thing. There's no such thing as a horizon per se. It's it's an abstract term that we have utility in using. Colour then is something similar. We call things red, blue, green and yellow. That's just because of how our sight senses, our eyes essentially, and how we process our vision. That's what they tell us these things are. But they don't exist per se. They're just parts of the electromagnetic spectrum that we've arbitrarily given names like green and blue and black and yellow. They don't exist per se. God, is, I would argue, is another thing that doesn't exist literally, scientifically, factually but that there's great utility in thinking that it does, or not even thinking that it does, in acting as though it does. There's utility in it, just like there's utility in using the term cold, or saying that there's a horizon or a sunrise or a sunset, even though those things don't exist per se. Mathematics is another thing, it's pure abstraction. There's no such thing as one or seven, or multiply or divide. These are terms that we've invented. Measurements are the same. There's no such thing as a litre per se, or a kilo or a kilometre. These are abstracts that humans have created. They're human constructs. Now, they have massive utility, but they don't exist per se. So that's things that aren't real or that don't exist or that aren't true. And that's going to make up a component part of what I'm talking about. Another thing then is ban- things that have been banned in the past. I've spoken about malaria before as well. This kind of ties in neatly. Malaria was never banned per se, but going somewhere where malaria was rife certainly wasn't encouraged. 
it's not encouraged now and it wasn't encouraged back in the dizzy when the major religions of today were putting forward what you could and you couldn't do. Pig meat is probably a better example. There's, in many religions, it's frowned upon to eat pig meat. And my understanding of that is it's because of the likelihood of you contracting trichinosis from eating poorly cooked pig meat. Trichinosis is caused by a nasty little worm that lives in the meat of animals. It eats it eats the muscles of animals, basically. Lays its eggs in the muscles. And then when we... it It's a weird one. So it lay, my understanding of it is that it lays eggs in your muscles fibre. And a little cyst grows around the egg, making it practically impenetrable. So it'll just sit in your muscle fibres, essentially forever. Until something eats you. So let's say it's in a pig. This worm is in the pig's muscles, eating the pig's muscles, and it lays a load of eggs in the pig's muscles. The pig would be essentially fine. It might have some muscle pain, but that's about the height of it. But when a human goes and kills that pig and eats it, what happens is you swallow that little egg that's covered in a cyst, and your stuck the acid in your stomach. It's one of the only things that can break down that little cyst around the egg. So the egg essentially gets a chance at developing, say, into the worm. That worm then enters your bloodstream and then it leaves your blood vessels into your muscles. So although you swallow it, you know, you put it into your mouth, swallow it into your stomach, the egg essentially hatches. And by egg, like there could be tens of thousands of these things in a gram or two of muscle meat. Like they're fucking disgusting, tiny little bastard and things. But anyway... If you were to eat half a pound of pig meat that contained, that contained this little worm or its eggs, you could be consuming thousands of them. And what they'll do then is they'll essentially hatch in your stomach, enter your bloodstream, and once they're in your bloodstream, they go to the four corners of your body, wriggle their way through your blood vessels and arteries and into your muscles and eat your muscles and lay more fucking eggs. Dirty little bastards. Now... Back in the dizzy before we had microscopes, we didn't know anything about these little worms. But we did realise over time that people got sick from eating pig meat. So it was essentially frowned upon and then enshrined in religions like Christianity that you shouldn't, or sorry, not Christianity, Judaism, not to eat pig meat. Now, look, there could be other reasons I don't know. I'm not a fucking theologian. This isn't an area of expertise of mine. It's just a component part of a broader topic that I want to cover. Another one then that's banned in the Bible, for example, is shellfish. Now, shellfish is notoriously dangerous if it's not cooked properly or if you have allergies to it. Another one that's in Christianity especially is an aversion to gayness or an out-and-out hatred of gayness. And I wonder, again, this is just me wondering... I wonder, is that because of how prevalent or how much more prevalent the transmission of sexually transmitted diseases are amongst the gay community? The idea being that originally, back in the Dizay, before there was contraception, men couldn't go around and fuck all the women casually like they do today. And vice versa, the women can't go around fucking the men like they can today because of contraception. The reason this they couldn't do it back in the day, was because of pregnancy. 
who's going to look after the child. This is well before any kind of fucking state welfare. So that was essentially the only real downside of having casual sex. It was unwanted children or illegitimate children as they're often called. Quite horrendously I might add. Casual sex is the same thing. So the reason that people, the reason that casual sex was frowned upon I suppose in nearly all religions is because of this idea that there would be children, unwanted children basically. And life is fucking tough enough without having a mum and dad who wanted to bring you into the world in the first place. But sorry, just I, I, I passed gayness a little bit too quickly there. The idea of having men having sex with men and women having sex with women would have been great at one point in time. You could get your rocks off and there was no danger that the other person would become pregnant. But sexually transmitted diseases would run rife in a society that was okay with the gays, basically. Pre our understanding of sexually transmitted diseases and prophylactics and all the rest of it. But again, like trichinosis wasn't understood, sexually transmitted diseases weren't understood. But what was understood was the consequences of either men having sex with men or women having sex with women or people eating pig meat or shellfish. They didn't know what the what the reasons were behind all of these things, but they knew that there was a bad outcome. So they just made participating in gayness, casual sex, eating fish or eating pig meat taboo. And that leads me on to an, the next thing that's a, a major component part of this. And it's this idea that something can be literally false and metaphorically true. And I'm going to quote a guy uh, that I'm taking this from called Brett Weinstein. Quote, a belief is literally false, but metaphorically true. If it is not factual, but behaving as if it were factual results in an enhancement of one's fitness. So there's a payoff in thinking it's true, even though it's not true. So there's a, the payoff in thinking that gayness is evil is that you're not going to have sex with other men and you're not going to catch STDs. The same can be said then, of course, of if eating pig meat is a taboo, you're not going to do it. Therefore, you're not going to contract trichinosis. The example I gave of this idea of something being literally false and metaphorically true, or another way of phrasing that would be scientifically false or factually false, but religiously true, is malaria. I think that's a great example. So the word malaria, malaria being the disease that mosquitoes can carry. The, the word malaria is two, is, there's two component parts to it. Mal meaning bad and area meaning air. So we had a word for the disease malaria before we knew about the actual disease of malaria. We knew people got sick in certain regions. Now we now know that these regions are regions where mosquitoes are prevalent. But back in the day before we had a germ theory of disease, we didn't realise this. So we didn't know the facts, but we did know the outcome. We realised that people that went and spent time in this area got sick. We didn't know why, so we just said that there was bad air in that area. Now that's scientifically or literally false, but metaphorically true. There's a payoff in thinking it's true. Because if you think an area has bad air and you're going to get sick from the air, you're going to avoid it. And having avoided that area, you're not going to get malaria. You're not going to get the disease that the mosquitoes carry if you avoid these areas. 
Now the final kind of component part of this is the idea that, actually I mentioned it um, in my episode yesterday in relation to the muscular system. So I mentioned that we have fast, sorry, I mentioned that there are two types of muscle fibers, fast and slow twitch muscle fibers or muscle cells. And just to recap that slightly, slow muscle fibers are endurance fibers. They expend a little bit of energy, but can last a very, very, very long time. And then you have fast muscle fibers, which use up their energy really, really fast. But there's a, a higher power to rate ratio. So the example I gave yesterday was a marathon runner, somebody who runs 42.2 kilometers, is going to have a hell of a lot more slow muscle fibers in their body than a sprinter is. And you can literally see that. If you Google image 100 meter sprinter and Google image marathon runner, you're going to have one big jack motherfucker in one picture. That would be the sprinter with the fast muscle fibers. And you're going to have somebody who looks practically terminally ill who has a majority of slow muscle fibers. Now the really, really fucking cool thing about slow and fast muscle fibers is that they're dependent on what you do. They're dependent, like how many, you're not born with fast muscle fibers or slow muscle fibers, you're born with both. But if you start sprinting, if sprinting is what you do, you'll develop more fast muscle fibers. Or if you're doing more endurance stuff, stuff that's dragged out over hours and hours or days on end, you're going to have more slow muscle fibers. And the cool thing about that is you can literally engineer your own body. In the same way that if you wanted to change your physiology, if you wanted to become really fat, it's quite simple. You just lure in more calories than you're consuming, coupled with a sedentary lifestyle, and you'll just expand and expand and expand and expand and expand. I don't think anybody's burst just about yet, but we've got pretty fucking close. There are literally people who've had to have walls knocked in their homes to get them out of their house to bring them to hospital. There are people who have literally needed to be loaded into ambulances with construction machinery, with fucking forklifts and teleporters. I believe it's not entirely uncommon for somebody who gets to a certain size if they need a certain scan of sorts, they're literally too big to go into the CT scan or whatever it is. As in, they're literally too big to fit into the machine. And there's a funny side to this and there's a fucking desperately unfortunate side to this, but those people end up in the zoo. That's where they go. They go to special zoos that have scanning machines for large zoo animals. And that's where these poor unfortunate people end up to get their scans but anyway a weird aside what i want to focus on at the minute i suppose is the idea that you can change what you are like like literally not metaphorically now literally you can literally change the type of body that you have and it's not just the type of body that you have because through physical exertion you can change your physical state but through mental exertion, you can change your mental state. So you can literally recreate yourself. Another saying that I could have included in the start is you are what you eat. Because if you have a healthy, balanced diet of fruits and vegetables and meat and you're getting all your, your micros and your macros and all that and you're ingesting enough water to stay healthy and you're doing, throwing in a little bit of exercise, you'll be healthy for the most part. However, if you eat a load of 
heavily processed convenience foods you don't exercise that much you don't drink that much water and you've no you make no effort to take in your micros or your macronutrients you're going to be unhealthy you're going to be sick body and mind i mean how fucking cool is it to think that we can literally re-engineer ourselves that if you're not happy with your current state of being that you can literally change it now the final thing that i want to mention here is in relation to weightlifting, which I don't do any of really. I do body weightlifting, if that if you could call that the same thing. So I do a lot of calisthenic kind of exercises, press-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, planks, squats, all that good stuff. But when I do a workout, even if I just do 20 push-ups, you get what's called a pump. That's what people who train refer to it as. And that's what I might actually put up as a thumbnail of this episode, is a before and after picture of somebody. So you'll see a guy, let's say, with his shirt off, and he look, you know, he looked like he's in good shape. He looked like fucking, you know, he looks after himself or whatever else. But then beside him, there'll be a photo of the same guy, but it looks like he's had fucking muscle implants, or that he's spent the last six months stuffing protein and steroids into himself, along with eating weights on a daily basis. He looked jacked. He looked twice the human. Now, there'll only be maybe two minutes in the difference because the guy on the right, let's say, the more muscular-looking guy, will have what's called a pump. So you look a certain way in your normal day-to-day being, but if you exert yourself, your muscles fill with blood and they swell up and it gives you that kind of a jacked appearance. Now, what has me thinking about all of these things collectively is that I like the idea that when you get a pump, that you keep 0.0001% of that pump, a tiny fraction. But the idea being that if you do that a lot, like if you do 10 push-ups three times a day, that's 30 a day, that's fucking 210 a week, this all adds up and you've got the rest of your life to do these things. And if you keep 0.00001% of all these exercises, I think it's a good way of visualizing how this change is actually happening and actually actualize it and what's the term actualizing it actualizing is that a word two sex and i'm back in the room yeah it is a word actualize to make a reality of he had actualized his dream and achieved the world record perfect so a great way of actualizing a physiological change or a great way of conceptualizing actualizing change in relation to your physiology is to think that you get to keep a tiny percentage of every pump and the more pumps you give yourself the more of those that you're going to get and there's obviously a compounding element to this you do this every day or every other day for years on end and you will literally it won't take years i can assure you you will literally look and feel different and indeed be different and it's the being different bit that i want to focus in on again like i said you are what you eat shit in shit out but you can literally change what you are not metaphorically literally you can literally change the type of person that you are physiologically mentally soulfully the whole fucking lot and now this example that i'm giving of holding on to that 0.0001% of your pump, that mightn't be literally true. 
but it's metaphorically true. If you, if you behave as if it was true, you will reap the benefits of it. It mightn't be true literally, but it's effectively true. And if you can bear everything that I've said in mind, I'm going to rhyme off the four quotes or proverbs or whatever you want to call them that I said at the start. Greatness isn't an act, but a habit. We are what we repeatedly do. The best indicator of future performance is past performance. And how you do anything is how you do everything. And on that note, I'll chat to you soon.